You're listening to. And you're listening to the Collabcast, a podcast about pop culture and the creative life from an Asian American perspective. Welcome, everyone, to episode 127, a prime number, of the Collabcast. <laughs> it's Wednesday, July the 5th, 2017. Uh, we're coming at you a little bit late because of the holiday, but I promise it's going to be a good one. My name is Marvin Yue. I'm Minji Chang. And we're your hosts for this weekly look at pop culture in Asian America. And this week we're joined by, it's been a while since we've had this guest, and we're so excited. Yeah. Richie, Tractivist. Our friend Richie Manchavez, the Tractivist, is here. Um, it's been, how long has it been since the last time you weren't on? Like, I don't know. I, I think this is my third time coming on the collab cast. Yeah. yeah. So 127 I'm, episodes. At least, yeah. at least, yeah. So I'm excited that I'm back for another episode. <laughs> Hi. But, yeah. But Welcome it's probably, back. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's probably been maybe a year. Dang. Maybe. <clears throat> We've been busy. Uh, Richie, yeah. of course, is DJ Tractivist and the um, curator of Tractivist.com, your source for all sorts of Asian American musical goodness. Yes, the goodness. The foundation of Asian American yeah. goodness. Check out his um, <laughs> playlist. Um, he makes them for Spotify. Yeah. Which I will rave about. <laughs> I'm so excited about it. Like, I wasn't always a Spotify believer. And uh, I know that, like, I was told about Spotify, like, years, years, years ago. I feel like such a jerk because the person that told me about it, I was like, Spotify, what is this? <laughs> like, come on now. Um, What's this new found, yeah. new fangled And he was actually app. trying to get me to sign on so that like I could get like a free membership for their premiere service. He's like, dude, it's the next. And Can I'm we like, backtrack and get the hook? I know, on? right? It's too late now. <laughs> uh, but then, yeah, like I love the I love the Spotify thing and. I'm still not 100% on the Spotify train. I know this podcast is on Spotify. Mm-hmm. That's Marvin, the only reason. That's the only reason I downloaded that yeah. app. Um, what? You didn't have it before then? Well, I don't. I still like tend to buy the music to listen to. Yeah. And download it. Yeah. Like the streaming. Like I, I'm not 100% on. I'm I'm 100% on streaming podcasts. That's my thing. So I've been yeah. listening to a lot but of But they them. have podcasts on there now. Yeah. But Again, why ex- Marvin downloaded need, the entire app. But they need ex- like my main um, audio listening app is still Amazon Music. Yeah. Because that's where like most of my um, library is. Yeah. And oh. also I don't think I have that app. <laughs> <laughs> Radio Public. Well, it's cause um whenever someone releases a new album, I just go on to their the Amazon page and like one click oh. buy. Oh. And it's on my phone. Oh, that's cool. I've been I well you're not you're an Android user. Also I'm old. I'm like, yeah. you know. No. I buy my stuff on that iTunes. I'm not hip with the Spotify and but Pandora. I've been using, but Pan, that's they've been Pandora's been around even longer. I've been on Pandora, <laughs> mm-hmm. Spotify, and SoundCloud for I feel like years yeah, now. It's been a while, so it's interesting. Like when that conversation might have happened because that was probably a while back. It was a long time ago. I would say it's like ten, Dang. ten years ago or something like that. It was at a wedding, and <laughs> it was at the time it was still just a European thing. 
transitioning it over to the States. So. Back in my day, it took Back. 30 minutes to download a song <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> you know, what's, what, what's crazy about that is because I have to do that for, I have to pay attention to Spotify for work too. Mm. Just because like with artists, they look, Spotify numbers are very, very important now. Right. Yeah. You know, playlisting is extremely important. Well, also so. Spotify being a closed network, you get to see how long people listen, mm-hmm. like how, how engaged they are. I mean, there there are definitely pluses to being on that platform. Yo, I'm yeah. telling you, there's some crazy... I can't name specifically, <laughs> but like we've worked with some people who partner with them and they are able to get these certain kind of metrics that can narrow it down to like, who's your most uh, like diehard fan? That's dope. Where they live. If you, if you I want to know, like, can they track when do people turn up the volume? <laughs> probably <laughs> they wouldn't probably be. Can. I basically okay. I'm sorry, but I live my life like well, after watching Snowden. Edward Snowden. I'm just like everybody's listening to everything I'm saying, thinking, feeling, tracking, <laughs> touching. Don't care. Like for me personally, I guess I don't have as much of a priority on like. I mean, privacy. the more they learn about like, you, the more they can provide fine. you the services you need. Learn sure. about me. Don't care. I literally was asking Siri yesterday, what are Beyonce's twins' names? <laughs> and it wasn't pulling up the right article. Siri kept giving me like, Beyonce announces that she's pregnant with twins. And I was like, I don't care. <laughs> I was having an argument with Siri and my cousin thought I was crazy. But anyway, I'm just like, everyone's listening all the time. Is it um, Lady Siri or British Boy Siri? I have British Boy Siri. Oh. <laughs> so... You know, life. <laughs> They're always listening. Again, that's my assumption. Like you're, yeah. you're, bo- you're tracking everything. I might as well make do. him British. Might as well. Just give me my answer. That's all I'm asking for. <laughs> I want to know what Beyonce's kids' names are. Uh, we're going to catch up more with Richie um, after the break. Talk more about the state of Asian American music and just whatever is, whatever we want to talk about. Because Richie's our friend, and we can talk with Richie for yeah. days. Um, but before we get to that, we start Brilliant every man. episode with a roundtable discussion on what's on our minds in the world of pop culture and Asian America. And let's start with Minji. What's on your mind this week? Um, okay, so my topic, it's been kind of a hot topic for the last couple days. Um, we are releasing this, yes, on the 5th. Daniel Day Kim and Grace Park, Hawaii Five-0. Um, I I've known that show exists and you know they've been a very integral part of it. My dad's obsessed with it, so mm-hmm. that's why I ended up watching a bunch of like a lot of episodes when I was at home for the holidays. And um, they just left; they're out, and it was because they couldn't come to an agreement about pay. Getting equal yeah, it was pay. a contract dispute with the network with CBS. Yeah, yeah. Um, Daniel Dickim actually just came out, well, posted online for the first time, um, thanking the fans for all their support and thanking the showrunners, and because they've been on that show for what six, seven years now. Were they with? Were they with it? Uh, were they with it? I can't. <laughs> Have they been on it from the very beginning? They've been on it since I remember because I watched the first season. Yeah, they've been on it since episode one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. they're they're like the cast. So anyway, Richie been keeping up with Asian. Have you seen the post? Yeah, no, I haven't seen it. And then uh, I think that would mean there would be no Asian American characters left. There's still Asian I mean, Americans on. I mean, Masioka st- is still the. Um, I'm no, no. I'm sorry, tech. main characters. Main like, yeah, main as the main cast. Like, yeah, the, yeah, I mean, it's it's Scott Khan and other white dude. <laughs> Because they were the four, right? The yeah. two of them and the other two guys are the main four. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, like, I'm sorry, but... Could, I'm sure they're going to still have their Asian dude of the week as, like, the bad guy or the... I'd be curious to see what they do with the characters. Like, do they just replace them with other actors? 
Or are they just going to like let go of the characters and just bring brand new ones? I don't know. Good yeah. question. Well, they said that they're going to address it because obviously it's a big mm. gaping hole. They're going to oh, yeah. like figure it out for the next season. They got transferred. <laughs> to, <laughs> to the mainland. To Maui. Um, no longer with us. But yeah, I mean, the big thing here is they decided to up and leave because they weren't they, they wanted equitable pay with their other co-stars, which um, all four of them are like the main characters of the show. Well, see, this right? is where, so I, I shared that article on my Facebook and then I'm an actor. So I have tons of actor friends who are all very nitpicky for, and I'm saying that in a bad context, but they're very specific about like, well, what were the terms and um, what were the renewals and blah, blah, blah. And one friend in particular who is Latino American, he was just like, well, they're supporting characters. So they're not, are they, are they main, but they're, I don't think they are. I think they're supporting. So they're not supposed to make as much money. Um, Again, I want I want to know that now. Now that he brought that up, and I was like, "All right, well, they've been on the show since the first episode. They've become the integral, like they have an argument. You know yeah. what I mean? So I feel like you're getting into semantics there to like to justify this. But I think that it's a much bigger narrative. It's like touching upon a larger story, yeah, than like all of that. So I want to know. So if anybody has that information, <laughs> write in podcast at collaboration or, or at Minjizi with four E's. That's on Twitter. Um, Instagram but, me. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, the. I think another big story here is the fact that like maybe five, ten years ago, this type of story wouldn't happen. Like you don't leave the show because of a pay inequity thing. You just suck it up and you take it, right? Because you you should be thankful for what Hollywood or for what the industry throws at you. And oh, you mean from a, from an Asian American or you just from any just like minority general? character, like any like you no know, women person of color, like it's just a given that you're paid less, right? right? And so and I then, should be happy I'm paid at all. <laughs> I'm sorry, shouldn't bite the hand that feeds me. And I think that was the great thing from Daniel T. Kim's um, post on social media, which is saying that you know don't worry about me, I'm. My production company is in production for like three shows right now. Yeah, it is. I'll be fine. Right. Yeah. And Daniel DeKim, well, he did imply he was just saying I didn't. He he touched upon it not in any negative, but he was just like, I did make myself available for the next season. We couldn't come to an agreement. So sadly, we're parting ways. So I don't know. We don't we'll never know the entire backstory. We're all speculating just on like the facts that have emerged. But I think and that's the thing. I don't want to like just jump and go into outrage territory and be like, well, this is what happened. But nobody's negating it either. Like, yeah. if it was a blatant... If it was not that, I feel like PR-wise, people would be... Yeah, it's it's bad. It's a bad look. It's a bad look, but I, I'm also saying, like, the lack of any response to it mm. is also indicative of that there's some shred of truth to it. Or I'm sure the lawyers at CBS are like, I can't believe this is such a big deal. Why didn't we see this coming? And they're scrambling for their official, their official. Um, but I also like on one hand, I want to also say like you know, let's applaud these actors for like sticking up for what they think that's they're worth. I, yeah, right. I mean, I think that's what I I like about it the most. Yes. I mean, regardless if it's just like your normal Hollywood contractual like disagreement. The the I mean, and, but granted, you don't want it to turn into something where it's all false, right? But it brings up the truth that there are a lot of spaces in which there's inequality in pay. Right. So to bring that up, I, I don't think that's a bad thing. Uh, hopefully, you know, whoever was responsible for putting this article out and was pushing this like idea that it's about like that issue, that it was truly that issue and they weren't just trying to create drama. But 
Yeah, I mean, I, reportedly it's a contract dispute, so. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and then I think allegedly it was about them wanting equal pay with the other co-stars. Which they, and right. they, and from, from, you know, a storyteller's perspective, they aren't very integral to the story. They have been, they've been a primary fabric of that. I mean, there are stories eight within, seasons yeah, now? within the, within so. the canon of the, the reboot since like eight years ago, like Daniel Deacon's character is, has been. His family has been a huge part of the background story of right. the show. And yeah. again, for like from the larger narrative, Hawaii is largely Asian. <laughs> they give yeah. authenticity in any regard to a representation of Hawaii. So, yeah. you know, I feel like that's an important thing that they did stick up and that they're willing to say no and walk away. Knowing that, you know, I'm sure that they have all these different feelings of like, well, I've been part of this for so yeah. long and... Um, but I look forward to what DDK and Grace oh, yeah. next. He's way too cool to be wasting away on CBS. Oh my God. Man. <laughs> no, we know. Just okay. Insider knowledge, though. We know people who are working with Daniel Lee Kim with his uh, production company. They're not like telling us everything that's happening, but he's working. Like he's got yeah. stuff in the pipeline. He's gonna be fine. Yeah. Same as Steven Yeun. <laughs> like when everyone freaked out, I was like, they're moving on to better, greener pastures. Yeah, I'm sure Grace Park is gonna find her next big thing too. Yep. Yeah. But I think it's also that they probably recognize their visibility and that it's, you know, if they're showing by example, like, you know, well, like yeah. those of us who are just starting in this industry, you can start demanding some of this stuff. For right sure. Away. And I think that goes yeah. into a very Asian American issue, which is understanding your value in like, not only in, in the arts, but like in your company. Like they're, and that's something that I feel like culturally, um, and I, wa- I don't want to speak for everybody, but I feel like it's a trend that like we're, we tend to not um, be aware of our full worth or be aware that we can ask for our full worth. Word. Yeah. To negotiate. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> What's on your mind, Richie? Hmm. Oh, uh, well, it was just 4th of July. So I think that was fresh out of my mind. And I think I just kind of, I've been battling that m- be, before this whole holiday thing, I've just been thinking, obviously, the, you know, everything that's happening in this country and how just intensified, like, Is something happening become, in this country? Oh, yeah, right? You on? know what I'm saying? Has something Things? been horribly yeah. wrong since the end of last year? I mean, oh, I think one thing that's funny is, I don't know if you guys saw about how NPR was tweeting. I did see that. Did <laughs> so you hear NPR, about this? Yeah, so no. NPR was tweeting. Um, just, you know, like within their character limits. Line by line. Just line by line. (laughs) The Declaration of Independence. But people on Twitter were just like, why are you attacking our president? They were like, why are you attacking the president? This is inciting violence against our president. Why why is NPR trying to like incite a revolution? What? Right? So people were jumping quickly to the tweets. So you have all this backlash. And then, uh, then you guys see my face. (laughs) Yeah, but then, then you know, people eventually realized they were just tweeting the Declaration of Independence. But wow! But people were just tripping because like like, Trump supporters were so quick to come to defense and just one assumed that they was talking about him. So it was it was really says a lot though (laughs) because a lot of the Declaration of Independence was talking about King George and how he was a tyrant (laughs) and everything. By the way, I was just watching The Patriot the other night with my dad. (laughs) I was like, wow, this. This is this is this is like eerie. Like, anyways, I have a lot of thoughts yeah. on that. And then, so people were also quick to like jump on the shame train and like shame all the all the Trump supporters who like 
do their. I, I feel like the the bigger story here is oh, first of all, a plus troll by NPR. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, um, but just the whole like outrage culture. Like people are so like. Tw- I think this is the issue with Twitter. It's like people are so quick to just assume you're talking about them, and like that's something that Twitter makes very very. I'm easy to do. And right. It's an interesting platform, one that I'm not really... A, I hate that platform. But <laughs> I don't use it for hot takes. I use it to figure out what other people's hot takes are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I but mean, there's like, benefits yeah. to it, of course. But, you know, just my preference. But anyway, that started me thinking about, like, this whole Independence Day. And, you know, I, just, I, I was thinking a lot about my family because as much as, like, there's a lot of bad stuff that I feel, you know... And a lot of stuff that especially, you know, people are getting hurt. There's a lot of violence. I mean, it's just really a tough time right now. It makes you want to hate the country. It makes you, like, really upset to be part of it. But then I was thinking about, like, my family history. And I know, like, you know, the relationship between, like, America and the Philippines is not, not great. And I know there's a lot of bad stuff that's still happening. But, you know, there's parts of it, the story, you know, specifically to my family where it has benefited my family. You know, like my my grandpa was part of World War Two. He received two Purple Hearts. One of those Purple Hearts he sold. And that's how he was able to get out of poverty. Like he bought land. Wow. You know, before that, they were just living off of rice and salt. Like, you know what I mean? Like he sold the metal to get out of poverty, which therefore like was able to fund education for my 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 family which then allowed us to like come over here. My dad was also part of the U.S. Navy. Yeah. Wow. You know, so there's a lot of history of like America tied to my family. And, you know, I, I even asked my parents like uh, a couple months ago, I was like, you know, with all this stuff, because they've told me all these issues of like, you know, racism that they experience when they come here, you know, some of the stuff that they still go through, you know, the inequalities in pay, all of that stuff, you know, that they go through, you know, but I said, you know, with all that stuff, like, how do you feel about America? They're like, I mean, it's way better than what we had. Exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. my parents came from a time where, like, there was a dictator. He was under, you know, they had, like, martial law. You know, uh, my dad was part of an underground movement where, you know, he was just trying to get people, you know, from meeting to meeting, from, like, and, but sometimes people get caught. Sometimes he said he would see beheadings. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's real stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, it's an interesting time, like in, in my head, just because I'm like, okay, it's cool what we fight for, but then there's people who've really dealt with some real, like, life and death stuff, right? And so I don't know. I, I guess I'm in just a space where, like, it's just really confusing. It is. Yeah. There's a lot to like sift through because yeah. we all our touch points with like our 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 levels of authentic patriotism is different based on like. How your family is attached to it and everything. I mean, well, I mean, there's also a difference between us being, you know, the second generation right. and versus being an immigrant from like a war torn country or from a country um, where you come from poverty. Because on one hand, you you see all this opportunity. Comparatively, it is better. You have more opportunities. You know, from from our perspective as second generation, like we grew up expecting the same rights as everybody else, and so for us, it, we can kind of see the inequality more more as something that we. I hesitate, to say, I hesitate to say deserve, but something that we um, we are entitled to versus something that like we should just be grateful for, for what we have. Yeah. Right. And again, I think the touch points are different too. Just okay. So this comes back to watching the Patriot with my dad because. <laughs> 
Is this the TV series or the Harrison Ford um, Harrison movie? Ford. Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson. Patri- I think Patriot Games. No. Uh, the Mar- Superior movie. No. It was Mel Gibson and Heath Ledger. I'm going to cry. Um, but, and it's two Australian men <laughs> leading the... Why are you the watching Mar- the Patriot? In, it was on TV. Yeah, it was okay. for the July weekend, like, Marv. Get with the program. Like the old-ass movie like 2017. Because that's what my family and I do. I love watching movies like that. We watched Okja. Oh, I need to watch that as well. But anyway, coming back to the Patriot, you know that watching that movie with my dad because that whole movie is about Mel Gibson, who's a single father of like what seven children, and being this war hero from back in like the true like with a tomahawk yeah days the authentic weapon of the white man. Yes, um, I mean there's lots of problems with that. Trust me, but it was kind of like sitting next to my dad, and then again, my brother just became a U.S. Army officer. Mm-hmm two months ago and um, he's about to embark on this journey and go through training and all this stuff and that really opened my eyes to a lot but kind of all of it was really making me get get very weepy about it because I'm watching my father who's like very very proud to be Korean and but came with such like came with that pride but a lot of like ambition in America he's like been here for like what 40 years and had varying levels of success and happiness and you know disappointment etc and we've talked about all these things really in the very recent past so like i don't know i'm just like venting because i was so moved by watching because watching (laughs) mel gibson be this dad trying to protect his kids and sitting next to my dad and knowing that my little brother's in the military and he's like so ready to fight for our country and he's very you know like Mm -hmm. Listening to my little brother has opened my eyes to what it means to be American. Like, literally, I, I didn't think about life that way and the freedoms that we take for granted and the people that fight to protect us and things like that. It, again, everything hits home when it's personal, right? Mm-hmm. So having that aspect, having my dad be so military from Asia, but instilling that into my little brother who's so military for the U.S. And then literally on 4th of July having like North Korea fire a <laughs> stupid, oh God, another missile. All of that. And I was just like, what is this world? Like, I don't know who, like, where, how I fall into all of that context. It gets it gets pretty heavy. And sometimes I envied like my white peers where I'm like, you guys just get to be all like... Barbecue and corn on the cob and just be proud of... And I'm just, like, conflicted of, like, where do I... Who do I support? And how how genuinely do I feel Mm -hmm. XYZ? Yeah. Because I've always felt more American than Korean. And I've always felt in the in-between, too. Mm -hmm. So, anyway, a lot of those thoughts... I'm just, like, shooting off what you're saying. That identity comes up... It does. ...at these times. Yeah. You know? Fourth of July, Labor Day, Memorial Day, where you're just like, oh... Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also uniquely Asian American thing to go with. Right. 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 Yeah. And it's fascinating. Um, America. 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 (laughs) (laughs) July 1st was Canada Day. So that was, I didn't really celebrate anything either. Um, What's on my mind was um, something more lighter. Um, So I was having. More lighter is a redundant phrase. (sighs) (laughs) Something lighter. There you go. For. You I'm editing. I'm great. Jerks out there. You're the copyright um, editor. I was out to dinner with uh, my girlfriend, and I caught on TV that a Asian girl won the um, KPMG um, LPGA Open um, on July 3rd, and I was like, "Oh, that's awesome! Let's look it up." And then you know, it's um, her name's Danielle Kang. She is. It's her first um, Open win, and then apparently she's like BFFs with Michelle Wee, the other Korean American girl who's been in the circuit for like years now. 
and like they were showing a, a video of her and Michelle doing like, this awesome like girl power high five thing. The thing that like you see Jeremy Lin do with his teammates, but it's like, like every basket, like LeBron has a special yeah. handshake for like everyone's team. <laughs> but then seeing that between like, these two like Asian American girls, it's kind of really really awesome. And I was like, that's awesome. I want to post it to share. (laughs) Or I want to find it to like post to share and like have people enjoy this moment. And then as I was looking through the Instagram, I saw this picture of her. Apparently, um, she won a giant trophy for the the Open. And I don't know if you guys, I I put this in the links. I saw your post. That's what it was. But like, yeah. um, So, you know, normal people like, you know, they drink champagne out of it. They like, they kiss it. Like, Danielle ate pho out of her trophy, (laughs) which is like the (laughs) best thing ever. <laughs> I would put naengmyeon in it. Mine's like cold noodles. Yeah. I have a very specific dish. I have there. <laughs> but there's just something very. What would yours be? About, like... Would you? What, what kind of noodle? There? Uh, just be it, man. Very nice. Very yeah. nice. Or just like a whole bunch of lumpia. Yeah. Overflowing. Overflowing. Yes. But yeah, there's just something really, Kimbap, really yeah. awesome. Like I feel like I know her because like here's a korean american girl eating pho out of a trophy um and you know <laughs> golf is like you know <laughs> golf is a sport that not a lot of people pay attention to but individual sports you know it's it's also huge like that's where a lot of asian americans also have to you know um i remember when i was a kid michael chang was the biggest thing ever like he's a golfer he's a tennis player, tennis player. Oh, tennis, okay thank yeah. you see i don't know. like he won <laughs> minji knows sports i, minji I does totally not, know sports know. <laughs> Balls and things. I love. I love that handshake because it wasn't just like a short, like hey, what's up? Yeah, this is like a. This is like they actually we practiced. Spent some time, yeah, spent we, some, we've, you we've know, practiced time. this because we know there's cameras yeah. looking at us. And I wasn't always a fan of handshakes until like you know we're seeing like obviously basketball players they do it and stuff. Yeah. So me and Trisha, my wife, we, <laughs> we started just saying, you know what? Let's make some time to come up with some handshakes. I love you guys <laughs> so much. <laughs> so we just we we have a handshake. I want to see. We, no, have this, to, we have to clean it up, but okay. we clean it up. How long have you been working on it? No, it was like it was like a, an hour or something. We oh. but you know, at least you come up with a special handshake. I love that. Yeah, you guys are goals. But that was just something something lighter because I feel like we've been kind of dark lately in, on the, in a, a dark lot of things that we talked about. <laughs> but, it's, um, our ther- it's our therapy session. No, <laughs> but check out the um, check out the LPGA Instagram account, um, and then if you scroll down, you'll, you'll find both the video of the handshake and also the awesome photo of her eating pho out of Get the it, trophy. Uh, just like. It's just a moment of just Asian Americans being awesome and amazing. <laughs> Someone's got a crush. Someone's got a crush. And yeah, that's not, that, that was what was on my mind. <laughs> <laughs> and Minji needs to study sports because she doesn't know anything. <laughs> um, Scoring, yes. So yeah, let's, um, let's take a quick break and we'll be back to talk more with Richie about music and stuff. Woo! Hey everyone, it's Marvin. Um, just wanted to remind everyone that the Collabcast is a official program of Collaboration, a nonprofit organization supporting Asian Americans in the arts and entertainment. Discovering, developing, showcasing, and connecting the creative talents of the Asian American community in North America and beyond. Um, you can find out more about Collaboration, our programs, how to get involved, as well as our other digital media offerings by going to our website at www.collaboration.org. A quick reminder about some upcoming events. It is summer, which means that the Collaboration Star season is well underway. We have a bunch of shows coming up in the month of July for you. Uh, First up, it's Collaboration Chicago, taking place at the famous Shuba's Tavern on Saturday, July the 8th. 
Next up is Collaboration San Francisco taking place at Impact Hub Oakland. That takes place on the following Saturday, um, July 15th, 2017. And finally, Collaboration Los Angeles is taking place on Saturday, July 29th at the East West Players Theater in the downtown LA Little Tokyo neighborhood. If any of these shows are local to you, please check them out and support your local Asian American and up-and-coming talent. For more information on how to buy tickets, check out your local team's Facebook page um, by searching Collaboration Chicago, San Francisco, or Los Angeles um, on Facebook. The Collabcast is also a part of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective of podcasts featuring unique voices and stories from the Asian American community. You can check out our other great programs, all hosted by Asian Americans, by going to the website www.podcastpotluck.com. Every week, I like to highlight a fellow show from the collective, and this week, I wanted to share a new podcast that just launched um, on the Potluck Collective, the Korean Drama Podcast. It's a really funny show about people watching Korean dramas who aren't necessarily fans of Korean dramas. Um, the podcast features Will Choi and guests as they rewatch a whole season of a classic Korean drama. This first season, they'll be watching the seminal Korean drama, Boys Over Flowers, along with co-hosts Phil Yu of Angry Asian Man and Phil's wife, Joanna. I've been helping edit the episodes to put up, and they're really, really good. So I'm super excited for you all to take a listen. New episodes drop every Tuesday, so please check it out and subscribe at podcastpotluck.com. And on that note, uh, that's all the updates I have, so let's get you back to the show. And we're back. Um, welcome back to episode 127 of the Collabcast. We are here with our guest, Richie Menchavez, a.k.a. DJ The Tractivist. <laughs> or DJTractivist.com. Check it out. Thanks. How's it going? Okay. I, yeah. Again, it's been, it's been a while since uh, we've talked to you. And since then, you've... Um, you picked up a couple side gigs or real gigs <laughs> or, or whatever we call them. <laughs> a lot of gigs um, in general. Yeah, you've yeah. been working with our friends at ISA TV. Yeah, um, and their um, transparent guess, agency. Yeah, their sister company, brother company. I don't know what. I don't know how it, that. Yeah, uh, it's just all part of the same thing. No. But yeah, yeah, no, it's been a, it's been a blessing in the last year. You know, um, you've been working with some really amazing artists that we've known for a long time. Yeah, it's been it's been it's been a, a cool ride. So I work for a transparent agency. For people that don't know, that's uh, Far East Movement. Um, some people don't know who Far East Movement is. So if you don't know who Far East Movement is, look them up. But yeah, basically they are uh, one of the more recent groups to, I guess you can call it recent, but uh, it's been a long time that they hit like, you know, uh, number one on Billboard and probably one of the most recognized Asian American groups um, in pop. Uh, but yeah, I work for them. Um, I handled like a lot a of the G6. like a G six. But yeah, uh, I work for them. I handle their operations and admin and artist management. You know, I, art. You know, we manage like Dumbfounded. If you guys know who that is, you know that rapper. We got a couple of record labels. We work with some K pop artists. You know, um, and then I also work with ISA, which is uh, if you guys know Dan, aka Dan. Um, that's a partnership with him, Far East, and Wong Fu. So it's been a it's been so a you've been busy. I've been busy, yeah. <laughs> Industry does not sleep. <laughs> no, it does not. <laughs> so but it's been cool. We've been I've been a part of some like really cool like projects, albums, tours, festivals. Um just trying to push like Asian Asian American stuff. Yeah, you guys were behind the um big LA celebration a couple yeah. months ago back for so APAM. I say we partnered up with uh, council member David Rue 
uh, for Asian Pacific American Heritage Month, and then uh, we just wanted to put a big old festival to celebrate. Uh, and it was it was cool. We got about like nine nine thousand people that got to come through. That was insane. Um, and we got to showcase you know talent within our community. Although the headliner was from Korea, that's okay. You know, <laughs> like, and I was telling Minji this the other day is like, just that process was a little bit humbling. And just uh, shows how much work we have to do within our community. Uh, because if you were to say, hey, we need to bring out 5,000 plus people to come. Um, there's just a handful of peop- artists within right. our community yep. that can pull those numbers. You know, your Linkin Parks, your Steve Aoki. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, like, who else, Right. And so we did. We actually did. We did try to pull for them, but due to a conflict of schedule and things like that, we almost had Linkin Park. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, then you realize, okay, well, if we're still trying to bring out these numbers, what else can we creatively do? Um, and, you know, we've been working with some artists like overseas. So, you know, um, they've wanted to come and showcase in L.A. and we worked with them before. So it, w- it was fitting. But, um, you know, uh, it's a lesson learned. I think we can make it better. Real. Yeah, I think we can make it better. And we... We do plan to throw another one next year. I mean, people had a great time, you know, like, and I think that's all, you know, keep bringing this word up always in this podcast, the journey, but that, you know, Rich and I were catching up because it's been a minute because everybody's just been so busy. Mm -hmm. We haven't had a time to like check in and see how everything's going, but that always kind of makes you reflect on like when, oh yeah, we met like three years ago and do you remember what it was like then and Mm -hmm. you know richie since the day i met you you've always just that's the the through and through your core is about elevating asian american artists and you practice it in a way that like i don't think i know anybody else who goes so far out of their way to to know stats to know literally who the artists are know their vibe to listen to all their music like that's mad impressive because there, again, we, we live in a city of a lot of people who have dreams and aspirations who talk a lot. They don't necessarily know all the time. I certainly do that. I'm guilty of that. You know, I know like kind of the the basics of a lot. But if you ask me details, I'll be like, let me get back to you. <laughs> um, but oh, that's why it's been, it's been dope to see that progress. Now you're like in there doing all the things. It's, it's, it's cool. But and I appreciate it. I mean, you guys have been supportive since like day one. Like literally, I think it was the week that I came, that I just announced like, okay, Tractivist is out there. Like Minji and Marvin met up with me at a local cafe and just heard me out. And then literally the next day invited me to go watch Conan with them. That was so, yeah! (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. like seriously, like I I think you guys were like really supporting from the beginning. That was a great day. You know, but it's been cool. You need to get rid of that ticket, so thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Marvin. Um, But no, like it's, what I like to focus on is, you know, like this is where I feel like it's kind of weird for me because like, okay, cool, branding wise, you're putting Tractivist out there, but I really didn't want it to be about like me. Mm -hmm. Like I felt the DJing thing was cool because I could play the music. I just want to hear it out loud and also support, support community. But I really don't want it to be about me because then you're focusing on me rather than what does it stand for? You know, we want to push the music. That's really the artist. So in that sense, yeah, I, I love the what I'm seeing, what I'm hearing out there as far as like artists. I think there's a lot more that's coming out. Um, 
I'm just I nerd out at this stuff anyway. It's not like I'm not gonna take like super credit like you know I'm working super hard like because that's what you love. I love it. Yeah, you know, so it's it's natural for me and I enjoy it and I, I like seeing it come up. But then, you know, I do like working with other folks who care about it too. So, but it's it's been it's been kind of cool like to throw a free festival so that people have no excuse to come out and support. Yeah, um, and to see people actually come through. That was a dream come true for me, for real. Like, yeah, that was that was pretty crazy. Although I wish I had more talent that we could have had up on stage. It's a little limiting. So as the tractivist dot com, like, what is give the, him a what's the um what have you been into these past like? The past year since we've talked, like what's been on your radar? What trends are yeah. you excited you know about? What? I'll tell you this. Yeah. Like I said, like being part of Transparent really opened my eyes because before that, you know, I did work for like an independent record label, but that was like before YouTube, before like I think CDs were still popping. Might as well have been the dark ages. Yeah, the dark ages. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's not archived on AIM. Yeah. <laughs> There's uh, no save logs of your correspondence. Oh my God, there might, there stop. Might be. Um, but yeah, no, that wasn't, you know, and I don't regret that. I mean, you obviously learn about how much you had to hustle back then when you didn't have the internet, um, or at least, you know, the way it is now. Uh, but now, like, I've read a lot of books. I've talked to some, you know, people about what it's like. You know, you always hear about industries racist, and you hear about like, what the industry is and how difficult it is. But I've never really been in it, and I feel like I've been, I've had the last year to really sink in and learn about industry. Um, and man, it, it's it's what you think it is, and it's also what you don't know. Right. You know what I mean? Like and You don't know what you don't know. Until you're in it. Until you're in it. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, having put out projects, having put out tours where we do have, like, Asian American artists, um, it's interesting, like... Yeah, there are definitely like still the the system and the structure is still racist. It's still based on that stuff, and I think you know with with America, yeah, it's, it's racialized. Music is racialized, um, but when you find strategic part, when you find partners who believe in the product, um, you can still do stuff. Mm-hmm. And so you know I, it, that was encouraging for me because I was thinking like who would want to align with like an Asian American artist? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But there are. So many people. There are. And so, like, it is encouraging, like, you know, that I could say to artists, you know, there are people out there. Maybe not as many, but there still are. Yeah. And if you target them and you work with the right people, you can make some moves. Right. You got to go for it, too. I mean, I feel like that's kind of the thing that maybe for who knows how long, but it's kind of like that uphill climb of any artist, right? Like either it's, it's like a double-edged sword. Like either you're going to be in a market that's oversaturated. Like everybody here looks like me. And like, how do I even make myself unique and stand out? Mm -hmm. Other people who are very unique and stand out, but like, they're like, I have no relevance and I have no, no interest. Like, because I'm an outsider, like there's, but you still got to go for it. You got to find your, you're in and you're well you gotta go for it because like music industry is a hit-based economy right it's not like to make it big you have to have that home run otherwise you have to figure out out a way to stay consistent right Mm -hmm. how to stay gigging how to stay playing but i feel like now like i've talked about just like an artist in general not even asian american but like artistry now or the business now is so like you don't know, like there's just no rhyme or reason. I feel like, yeah, which is why it's a it's a it's a hit based economy. It's like you don't know what's going to hit, so you got to keep like if you're gonna 
some like if you really believe you have it, you have to keep trying till whatever you're doing hits with the right people. Right, so I, get your peeps. <laughs> I, it's I, I feel like what's become very important that you know I know we've stressed like especially like at the Empower Conference and stuff mm-hmm. is just like we got to drive it home to the kids like it's not just about the music it, it you know like the whole in order to take this seriously you have to think about all the different parts of getting yourself out there you know your brand is not just you know the music itself like unless well actually no that's not even true it's like even if you're a genius at your artistry you still have to you still have to know how to get your music out there you got to connect with the right people doesn't mean that you have to do it personally but you have to know those parts and fill those parts up with either yourself taking the time to do it or hiring people to do it right you know so i can imagine though like I personally, in my tiny little actor's universe, the whole concept of like you are brand is so ingrained in us now at this point in 2017. And people definitely who are very hungry for becoming a professional XYZ to a degree, they'll just lean into that and be like, yeah, I'm a brand. But I think there's a lot of, definitely a lot of artists out there who reject that idea. Like it's about the art, it's not about the business, right? And that's a, that's a constant push pull. I feel like with everybody that we continue to meet, because there's people who don't they, they don't want to dive into that mm-hmm. because they want to just just do art. And that's cool. If that's, and that's what cool, you do. right? But then, like, also, you want people to hear it and connect to it, right? So it's kind of I don't know. Well, no, no. Th- that's what I was saying. Is like if you want to focus on the art and you just because. Honestly, you have to be good at what you do. For sure. You know, so if you want to spend your time doing that and just focus on the creative part, do it, you know? But then you just can't ignore the other stuff. Like, you don't have to do it. You know, hire someone who does your social media. Hire someone who manages your finances and booking. You know? The social media. The social media is crazy. I know. Yeah. There's like, so many artists. I'm like, why aren't you posting more stuff? Right. The I'm consistency like nagging about mother. It. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. Like, I'm like, tweet more. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm, I'm so bad with social media. But I have to be on it for work. And you just see how much you need to do it. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be you. You know? Like, I, I we work with some artists who are just all about it, like it just comes naturally for them to be on Instagram story. But then there's some other artists who are just like, I don't really have time for that stuff. And so we have a team that schedules for them, you know? So, I mean, some people get that luxury, some people don't, but it's like you have to put in the time and sometimes money in order to make some moves that if you don't do it, then I don't know how you're going to, Right. There, you know right, I mean? right, right, right. Yeah, and that's and that's a different lens, right? Like it's just again, everybody's objectives are different. But for us, a lot of us, when we see artists that we like, I'm not, I'm not trying to frame it like we're trying to make everybody be Ariana Grande or Miley Cyrus. You know, you're not trying to be a pop star necessarily. But if you want to be a working artist, right, a working mm-hmm. musician where you get to commit a large portion of your life to creating music, it's it's you know. It's a necessary evil, if even if you don't. I think you just got to know where you're trying to go with your art. If you just want to do it like for the sake of it, um, I mean, there is a no. There is no. I don't. I don't think there's like a right way to do it, you know. But uh, certainly, I think there's ways to get your name out there and your music out there more um, if you take advantage of some of the resources that are there. 
for sure. sure. So what are some of those resources? Dude, this uh, is tutorial by Rick. <laughs> Rick well, it depends. Like, I guess it depends on what you are like an artist. Uh, like, what genre are we talking about here? Like, if you're an EDM guy, like you got to be like on SoundCloud. <laughs> See, <laughs> like, some people don't know. like some people don't do that. Like, how could you ignore that platform? That's crazy, <laughs> you know. Um, if you, you know, I was telling a, another writer the other day, they do like um, singer songwriter stuff. Um, we were talking about like how do they get their um, you know, how do they create like a more sustainable career? It's like, well, what kind of covers are you doing? You know, because they do covers. Right. And they're like, oh, you know, just whatever I feel. And I'm like, dude, do you know that there's like actual sites that tell you which covers you can monetize, you know, to help you? Yeah. To I didn't help. even know that was a thing. I didn't yeah. know because before I thought it was just totally. like you do covers and you nah, don't get a nah, nah, nah. There's a Is that why everyone does the same covers? It could be. Yeah, because it, there's an actual website that says, hey, or... Or there's websites out there that are like they have a deal with some of these distributors, and they say, okay, well, this is what you can perform, and then you can monetize off it. That's because why you, you're promoting that original artist's music. I mean, they they get a cut, the artist gets a cut, the company gets a cut, and you get a cut. That's dope. Yeah. Um, if you don't know, now you know. Yeah. Um, it's also a good way not to get your stuff flagged and taken down. Yeah. Exactly. Right. right. Yeah. 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 Um, and then also, I I think like resources like approaching like your favorite artists like i think some people get intimidated to just talk to them but i know like some of our artists like i got one uh, his name is yultron he is definitely about his fans like if you were to like hit him up he would reply to you like straight up like i think he's gonna get a (laughs) message after this podcast okay (laughs) it's cool though no but he's he's a he's a cool chill dude and you know, he, he wants people to come up and he likes, you know, like he knows that he's in a position where people are trying to, you know, become better at what they do. And so he doesn't mind. He really doesn't. I mean, I guess it depends what's going on. But for for the most part, I think he's a, he's a dope, you know, open guy. Um, but that being said, I do think because I'm reading this book about like uh, just like how just music is racialized. And I never, fig- I never figured out like how to say it, but this book does it so well. Um, but like how, you know, there's a mentality like un- music is universal. There's like this whole like thing. But that's mm-hmm. like, they were trying to say, that's like saying the whole melting pot thing. Uh-huh. Right? Where like, we're it, it doesn't ma- like it doesn't matter. Like you, we're all just one thing, one thing, you know? And, and to say like un- music is universal um, it's almost like saying the same thing, but just applying to music. Right. Right. And so like how, you know, like let's do a, let's do a quick test here. When you think of hip hop, like, do you think of a certain culture? You think black people, when you think of country, you think white. Right. And mm-hmm. those, those were like commercially created to sell more, but at the same time it affects like people like us, Asian Americans, you know, cause there's still the model myth minority. We get put on one side you know, when it comes to hip hop, you, you know, like that's we struggle with the authenticity of that. Right. Right. Yeah. But that's all, you know, like it's so crazy. Like, I think it's important for us to realize like how it is racialized. And then we got to talk about that more. You know, one of the things that I, I really don't understand and maybe you guys can explain is like how people really give a crap about film and TV and they make a big deal out of it. Like when your characters, you know, Asian characters are not casted correctly or you know your whole scarlett johansson thing and you know but when it comes to music like people are so like off they don't want to talk about it they don't even 
they don't I don't even think they care to think more into it, you know? And so like or for example, like when we win a Grammy, you know, like in this last like last year, you know, there was a good number of winners. You know, yeah. where's the big deal? Where's the big celebration Very about true. like you know, so I, I guess my question, you know, is how do we get more interest on the music side? It's not about like, and this is not about tractors. I don't, I don't care. It's really like how do you get people to care about the music and the artists that are actually like making moves? They're actually winning. They're 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 doing big things. Right. Um, I just never. I don't know. I'm still lost on that. I mean, I I think a lot of it comes down to like, you look at top forty. Like we're not well represented there, right? And so people don't like. No, no, when no. I but no to but see, like top forty, that includes Grammys. That's what I'm saying. Is like, yeah, yeah. So if we're winning, we are present there. So I know. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, I'm just so hyped. I'm no, saying, you're fine. Like, you know, I, I think it's the same as acting, right? Like mm-hmm. you don't know what you're missing there until you see it, until you hear it. I think because the majority of artists, uh, the, the, the majority of like mainstream america right even asian americans um the most they hear from asian american artists are covers on youtube and things like nothing really on the radio and even if they do hear it on the radio they don't register it as asian american like we were just talking about the vice article about um asian american women in the punk rock scene like karen oh like people don't realize that she's asian american and she's the front woman of a huge rock band right like you don't i think because you don't see it right it doesn't register as much that's what i was right? going to say i think it's the medium because acting and film literally is your it's you watch it right mm-hmm. and i think a lot of the 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 innate racism that a lot of other people experience are based on like the way that we look and how people can set us apart from other people right so again they will listen to music because their access to it might be just online through a movie on the radio etc and they will have that blinder on literally like they won't know if this is coming from an asian american artist or not and so i think if we built personally even like but i feel like even the asian american issue narrative that we've been like the collaboration's been discussing and addressing for the last 18 years has really only gotten relevancy in the last two years Mm. since the whole scar joe aloha debacle right but like coming from a music standpoint it just that story hasn't it's still building its relevancy outside of our little bubble where we care right and now the rest of even our Asian American community starting to like, oh, that is right. Like they are making me invisible. They are whitewashing me. And it kind of bleeds out into all the other genres as well. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it is going to gain steam in music. I think people are going to recognize that because now music also is becoming more of an audiovisual medium too, Mm -hmm. right? Now the artists themselves are not just going to be selling records. They have music videos. They have tours. They have, they're more in our faces now than ever before. So I think maybe it's a convergence of all those elements that ma- will will make people genuinely care more, even on the music front. Like, where's our representation there? Yeah, I think that's something that we've seen because, like, p- people that come to our collaboration shows tell us how awesome it is to see Asian American Asian faces on the stage, like rocking out, playing music, being really, really good at like music. But because we're still limited to that stage, that live event, right? It's not something that we can just like up and share we, we can share but like it's not something that like people are i guess not something people are seeking out right they're not or, seeking yeah. it out for sure so it's like how do we get that in front of people's faces yeah because yeah. like you know people who see like 
Run River North play. Like they like, and in that they yeah. find the whole universal element. Yeah. Like oh, like I I can rock out to a Korean American <laughs> rock band, and I feel that just as much as if it were any other race. But like it does have a special significance because. Like, dude, you and I are like you're you're singing my soul, man. Like yeah. watching you perform and your lyrics and everything. That's that's me, and I have nothing like that in racially in common with you. But that's I guess that's the universality that everyone's kind of like and, trying to take a positive spin on. And which I mean, I still agree. yeah, the sucky part is that no matter what genre our artists play in, they're gonna have that outsider status, like that outsider stigma. Like like when you first see like, oh, Eminem's a white rapper. Or like, oh, this guy's a like who do you both like they're like a black alternative rocker. Like, no matter what genre we in, we're gonna have like oh an Asian this, an Asian that. Like but again, from a PR standpoint, I'm like work that, own that, yeah. like take pride in that. I like I want to use that to like this is like the narrative in Hollywood right now is like well it sucks to be a white actor in Hollywood now. And I'm like, is it though? Like <laughs> you, know, you know, I don't know. I personally that gets on my nerves a little bit because I'm just like. I don't like how they make it about like part of me is just like it's not about you. I'm not, we're like we're not trying to punish you by having more diverse stories. We're just trying to have a seat at the freaking table that y'all have built, owned, and <laughs> like you know excluded. Yeah. Okay, un- intentionally or unintentionally, but have kept very specifically white. Um, I don't know. I just get I get irritated with that narrative of like I'm not trying to punish you because I want to roll. Like, I'm not trying to take away your role yeah. because I want one. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I don't know. I feel like, why not make more well, I mean, diverse it, music? And it goes film? back to the whole thing with Dandy Kim and Grace Park, which is like, yeah, we're here and now we're part of this culture. We just want to be part of the culture. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Yeah. I think there's so much dope music. And on the music front, like, Richie, honestly, y'all need to go for the music. Like, go to his playlist on Spotify because I've been rocking out to this stuff like all weekend long. <laughs> it has been the soundtrack of my July 4th weekend and spending time with my parents. Like, I can't listen to the hip-hop one with my parents there. <laughs> so I played the alternative playlist and it was really good. And, you know, the soul playlist like speaks to my heart because that is my heart. It's soul music. It's so good, you know, and um, it's just discovery. It's like, let's have fun with it. Again, people, you know, I know that a lot of our narrative gets on this very social justice lens um and we we own up to that but also it's just like it's just great art that's really what it is at the end of the day we're like this just good it's not even like to prove a point at the end of the day like if it does that's great but it's just good like yeah i think what we're giving a shot yeah what we're trying to say is like don't write it off just because it's asian american music it's good music and then the thing that goes back to your music is, is universal thing like i think what's important is I don't know if music itself is like the styles are universal, but listening, like consuming, like stories are universal. Mm -hmm. Like people can watch, you know, Fresh Out the Boat and you can be non-immigrant and still get something from it. Yeah. You know, and see your family in it. Yeah. yeah. Like your relationship with your siblings, your yeah. parents. Yeah. I think the universal part of it is it creates a a shared universe that we all are a part of. Yeah. Right. And I think that's why when I do talk to different like aspiring artists and they're like, well, what would you say? What would I need to do? I say, just focus on being authentic, yes. you know, because in that authenticity is your story and people, that's what people relate to. But, you know, for us for a long time, we're told not to talk about our full story, right? Like if you want to talk about the food that you eat at home, like you're going to think like three times about it, right? Because, 
people can understand what this is. It might be a little too specific, but I think that, and you know, talking about how you could be colorblind or, you know, like you don't have to, you know, cause you don't see the music. Mm-hmm. Um, you can hear those stories. You could hear right. those references. Yeah. And I think that's what we need more of. If you're, if you're, if you, if that's what you want to do with your music, that's what I encourage is to actually talk about it, write about it, produce on it, you know, because it's, it's impactful. You know, when you when you do talk about your specific experiences, yeah. and I think about a lot of the artists that are you know coming up, it's they're not afraid to do it as right. much anymore. Yeah. Right. And especially now, like you're seeing with a lot of artists on this place or whatever, you know, there's a lot more references to like culture, and it, it's it's dope. You yeah. know, and I you can hear it too because yeah. like people bring. I think <coughs> was dope with all these like the intermixing of cultures is you can do it in such like subtle like amazing artistic yeah. ways. You can plant. You know, a, a track with uh, like an old uh, cultural instrument, and yeah. at, it, I don't know. It's just I love layers, right? I love yeah. hi- I love hidden gems that you didn't know why it has this like particular flavor or this particular beat or something. It comes yeah. from like something very ancient. I love that stuff because it gives more authenticity, character, flavor to what you're making versus right not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that, that I, I do like seeing where it's going, and. Uh, but, you know, I think it's important, like, you know, what Collab does. Um, I think that it's a really good example, I think, of what other organizations need to do um, is just paying attention to the music, hiring the musicians from your community, promoting them, you know, um, just getting involved with the music community because there's a lot of good stuff. And it's just a waste if you don't if you don't pull from them. I really do think it's a waste. Word. You yeah. know, so... All right, and that'll do it for this episode of the Collabcast. Uh, thanks so again fast. to our so guest, Ruchim and Chavez, the Tractivist at tractivist.com. <laughs> it's uh, so funny. <laughs> the plug for where can people uh, Where can people find more of your thoughts and, <laughs> and playlists and stuff? Um, and all the social media that you're, you're constantly at. putting out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, honestly, I think just if you're into Spotify, just find, just look up Tractivist, Richie Tractivist. Um, and I would say just like check out the playlist, you know, like listen to the music that comes out from our community and that's it. You don't have to follow me. I don't Let it stir your soul. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm putting it together, but really pay attention to the music. It's, it's dope. There is so good. It's by EDM. There's rap, there's hip hop, there's R&B, there's alternative and there's pop. So, you yeah. know, I try to cover it all. All the flavors. All the flavors. All the different and flavors. And got into getting into like classical and jazz. Classical and jazz. There's a lot of good jazz artists. Yeah, but you know, a lot of them are not on Spotify. Mm. Oh, (laughs) oh, we discovering. Yeah, they're starting to though. They're starting to. Yeah, Yeah. You know what else is on Spotify? The Collabcast. You can find us (laughs) on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and wherever you find your podcast, Radio Public, all those places. Um, You can email us at podcast at collaboration.org we've been getting a lot of emails i've been um i so apologies apologize people have been emailing me over the past month or so i stopped getting notifications so i didn't see them but it's did, the app's fault yeah but um <laughs> i will be replying to you all soon and i think next time we do a um solo episode we should just look into our mailbox and just answer Let's. emails yeah sorry yeah. for we're, we love you we're not ignoring <laughs> you it's the application's fault. No notifications. <laughs> Thanks again to Alpha for use of her music on this week's intro and outro. She has a new album out, so check that out. It's called Spark and Fury. Yes. 
And yeah, that'll do it. Thanks again, Richie, for joining us. Thanks for having me. Thank Hope you. you. A great see time you next year. With us. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. um, thanks for listening, and we'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye. Nothing ever lasts. Can't get over the sweet.